You're listening to the Food Freedom Life Podcast. My name is Brittany Allison, and I spent six plus years stuck in diet binge cycles, hating my body, and envying others who seem to have it all because I never felt enough. What I discovered in my journey to food freedom and becoming a registered dietitian is this. You can either live your life at war with your mind or learn to work in sync with it. So if you're ready to learn how to be in tune with yourself and evolve your life, welcome to the show. Hello and welcome back to the show. This week we are doing a deep dive into binge eating behaviors and why you might have developed them, why you might have picked them up over the years, whether you've been diagnosed with binge eating disorder or you experience binges on occasion. This episode is for you to help you understand yourself better because I truly believe that once we understand ourselves better, we can use that to get the support we need, help ourselves, and honestly just develop more compassion for ourselves, which is always, always, always so helpful and a crucial part of the healing journey. So let's get into it. And I want to start off by defining a binge. Binge eating is defined by two main features. One, periodic spikes in normal food consumption. And two, a feeling of helplessness regarding the ability to control these spikes. And there are two main types of binges, objective and subjective. So an objective binge It involves two anchors, eating a large amount of food in a limited amount of time, and also it's accompanied by a sense of being out of control and feeling like it can't stop. In an objective binge eating episode, a person might also experience a combination of eating fast, eating in secret due to shame, eating past fullness, becoming uncomfortably full, and feeling gross, sad, or guilty afterwards. On the other hand, a subjective binge, it includes a loss of control while eating for sure, but it's not objectively a large quantity of food. This kind of binge is more likely to happen with other people potentially in social settings where you wouldn't necessarily collect food and eat it all at once or eat it in secret, but it may happen over a longer period of time and be more undetectable by others. But in my eyes, the amount of food that you eat does not matter. And I don't want you to get caught up in whether you're objectively or subjectively binging. That is so not the point of this. The moral of the story is that it doesn't necessarily have to be a large quantity of food, but what makes a binge is the loss of control. So when discussing binge eating, it is so, so important to note that a binge episode, whether subjective or objective, is not due to a lack of willpower. The human body is programmed to protect itself from threats like starvation. Our bodies are really good at trying to survive. And so even when you're trying to make nutritional changes that are intended to improve health or to lose weight, dieting or restricting nutrients can be perceived by your body as semi-starvation. And the more diets you've been on or the more times you've tried to lose weight over the years, it doesn't necessarily have to be a formal diet like Weight Watchers or Noom or anything like that. It can be any time that you've tried to lose weight. The faster your body and brain are going to interpret restriction as a threat. Your body gets faster and faster at that over the years. A physiologically driven binge tends to override even the most determined restrictive mindset around food. And that is absolutely no fault of your own. That has nothing to do with your discipline, your willpower, your ability to set a goal and reach it. And so with that, let's get into the reasons why you may have developed binge eating. Binge eating is a complex phenomenon that can happen for a lot of different reasons. And I'm going to list each of them and then I'm going to get more into each. So some of the possible reasons that may contribute to binge eating include genetics. 
Research suggests that there may be genetic components to binge eating disorder and other eating disorders as well, with some individuals being more predisposed to binge eating than others. Number two is your environment. Environmental factors like stress, trauma, abuse, social pressure, that might also contribute to you binging. Number three is one we've talked about a lot, and that is dieting and restrictive eating. Dieting and restricting food intake can trigger binge episodes as the body tries to compensate for a lack of food. Fourth, we have body image issues. People who have negative body image or feel dissatisfied with their appearance might turn to food as a way to cope with feelings. Number five is personality type. Individuals who more gear towards perfectionistic personality traits, more type A people, they tend to experience higher rates of binge eating. Number six is hormonal changes. Um, There is actually research that shows that changes in hormones like the changes that occur during puberty or menopause or during your period might also contribute to binge episodes. And finally, we have neurotransmitter imbalances. There is some evidence to show that imbalances in certain brain chemicals like serotonin or dopamine may contribute to binge eating disorder. And this is what we see a lot in individuals with ADHD. So now let's get into each of these seven reasons. And when I say seven reasons, I'm not saying that exclusively these are the seven reasons. There's no other reasons out there. There, binge eating is a complex issue. It's a complex disorder if you have binge eating disorder. And so I don't want to limit it to feel like, well, if I have something else going on, why am I, why is this happening to me? These are some of the main reasons why somebody might develop binge eating behaviors or binge eating disorder. And so again, just don't limit yourself to what you hear in this episode, but use it as a way to just explore yourself, explore your past and what might have possibly led to you developing these behaviors so that you understand yourself better. So reason number one is genetics. Research has shown that genetics may play a role in the development of binge eating, and studies have found that people who have a family history of eating disorders are actually at a higher risk of developing binge eating, which may indicate that there is potentially a a genetic component involved. And there are many genes that have been linked to binge eating disorder, and one is the FTO gene, which has been associated with larger body sizes and with overeating. Another gene that's been studied in relation to binge eating is the COMT gene, which is involved in the regulation of dopamine, which is a neurotransmitter that's involved in pleasure and reward. And so variations in this gene have been associated with an increased risk of binge eating and other addictive behaviors. And while there's, you know, this is still a really new area of study, there's a lot more research that needs to happen to just understand the complex interplay between genetics and environmental factors in the development of eating disorders, and in this case, binge eating. The existing evidence shows that genetics may play a role, which is really interesting. But it is super important to note that genetics alone are not enough to cause binge eating disorder. Environmental factors like stress, trauma, social pressure, they can also contribute to the development of binge eating behaviors or binge eating disorder. If you have a gene that predisposes you to eating disorder behaviors, but you, you know, don't have parents who diet, you don't get bullied for your body as a child, you don't have food insecurity, etc, etc, you may never develop it. And it's also important to remember that genetics are not destiny and even individuals who have a genetic predisposition to binge eating disorder can take steps to reduce their risk and seek professional help if they're having a hard time and struggling. The next reason I wanted to get into is environmental reasons. 
So binge eating and binge eating disorder, they can have a variety of environmental factors that contribute to their development. And so here are some of the examples of environmental factors that can lead to binge eating. The first being stress. There are so many reasons why stress causes binge eating, and this is honestly one of the main factors I see in my clients. Stressful situations like relationship problems, work stress, financial difficulties, health issues, they can all trigger binge eating episodes as a way of coping with the stress and numbing those feelings through food. Although this may initially just lead to emotional eating or perhaps secret eating because of the shame of eating, if you don't know any other way of coping, but you are also restraining yourself from eating, you're telling yourself that you shouldn't eat, the likelihood that this restrictive mindset will turn the emotional eating into a binge is much, much higher. There is a very strong link between stress and binge eating. Stress on the flip side can also cause you to not feel hungry because your body is in fight or flight mode and running on adrenaline and on cortisol, which diverts your body's and your brain's attention away from digestion. You might not feel hungry, but your body still needs fuel. That doesn't mean that your body isn't actually hungry. It's like when you're super busy and you're stressed and you can just go hours without peeing. It's not like you don't have to pee, right? You could go sit on the toilet and pee, but you don't feel it in the same way you do as when you're not stressed. The exact same thing happens for hunger. You don't feel hungry, but it doesn't mean that you're not actually hungry or your body doesn't need food. And so, you know, you're stressed, you're busy, you're at work, working all day. And come the end of the day, when you get home from work or you're just able to relax, you're hit with the appetite from not eating enough all day, which increases your risk of binging massively. That primal hunger kicks in and now you need to eat the most energy dense thing because that, you know, that healthy dinner that you've planned is just not going to cut it. In addition to that, binge eating can also provide a temporary relief from stress, which just reinforces the behavior and leads to that cycle of binging and stress. The next environmental factor that can lead to binge eating is trauma. There is a huge relationship between trauma and eating disorders, particularly bulimia and binge eating. And it's been shown across various studies where traumatic events like abuse, neglect, or other forms of trauma can increase the risk of developing binge eating disorder. Trauma can lead to feelings of shame, it can lead to low self-esteem, and a desire to numb emotional pain, which can be temporarily relieved by binge eating. Trauma can lead to binge eating as a way of just coping with emotional pain and distress that's associated with the traumatic event and the aftermath of it even years later. You know, it's, it's a temporary escape, right? Eating helps to numb you from that emotional pain and it can also provide a bit of a sense of control where you might have felt powerless and people who have experienced trauma they might also have difficulty just regulating their emotions and may turn to food as a way to soothe and self-soothe and the exact reason for why trauma contributes to the development of an eating disorder it's not super clear i mean we can you know talk about numbing emotional pain and all of that we but we don't exactly know what we do know is that trauma can cause a disruption in the nervous system, which may make it difficult for individuals to just manage their emotions. So they turn to eating disorder behaviors as a way to manage these uncomfortable emotions. Another environmental factor that can lead to binge eating is social pressure. Social pressure, including societal expectations of body size and shape, can really lead to shame and dissatisfaction with one's body, which can contribute to binge eating. For women, especially in Western society, and men too, 
But for women, uh, a thin and feminine body type has been the societal ideal for decades, right? Exposure to filtered, edited, perfected bodies, especially through social media in recent history, it leads you to compare yourself, which very quickly and sometimes unconsciously leads you to feel awful about your body. And that constant comparison, it really takes a heavy toll on your self-esteem, your self-worth, and your body satisfaction. And although the media now emphasizes more athletic and curvy models, it's still not great. And these pressures to be thin are still predominant and they're still detrimental to our well-being. We have a lot of work to do in our society when it comes to fat phobia and this internalized pressure that's created to be thin. All of this can lead to negative body image, compulsive behaviors, and disordered eating. It leads to more efforts to feel accepted, and food and binge eating can just become a way to cope with negative emotions and stress. Another environmental factor is food insecurity. Food insecurity, I want to define it for people because you might not know exactly what I'm talking about, but it's a household level economic and social condition of limited or uncertain access to adequate food. It can be temporary or it can be chronic and it can last for many years or even throughout a lifetime, but food insecurity disrupts normal eating patterns. It reduces food intake, it creates stress around food and eating, and it's because of a lack of financial resources necessary to buy food. When an individual does not have access to consistent meals, it can create you know, cognitive, behavioral, emotional changes, including an obsession or a preoccupation with food. Somebody who is hungry and doesn't have enough food may spend a large amount of time fantasizing about their next meal. And this preoccupation with food can increase the likelihood of binge eating episodes once food becomes available. And if you experienced food insecurity in your childhood, this reaction, the fantasizing about food and the binge eating can last much later into life, even if food insecurity is no longer present. Even if you have enough food, you have enough money, there's regular access to food, the psychological impacts can last if they're not addressed. Next, and our final environmental factor that we have is a lack of emotional support. So a lack of emotional support from friends or from family can lead you to feel isolated and lonely, which in itself can trigger binge eating as a way of coping. And someone who lacks social support might have fewer opportunities to just engage in group activities, in positive coping strategies like hobbies or exercise, which can make food into a friend and make binge eating a more appealing option. So all of these environmental factors said, I'm going to say my disclaimer that I'll say after each and every one of these, that it's important to note that environmental factors alone don't always lead to binge eating episodes or binge eating disorder. And the condition is often a result of a combination of factors. The next one that I'll get into right now. So dieting and restrictive eating is the next factor that leads to binge eating. And we've talked about this a little bit in other episodes, but I thought it was worth mentioning right now that dieting and restrictive eating leads to binging. Although binge eating disorder is, of course, characterized by binging, I would really argue that in many ways it is a restrictive eating disorder. Binging does not happen on its own. It does not happen in a vacuum. There is a restrict binge cycle where restriction, whether mental, physical, or emotional restriction, fuels binge eating behaviors. 
but for the purposes of what we're talking about right now, restricting food intake or following a strict diet can trigger binge eating episodes as the body tries to compensate for a lack of food. Restricting food intake or following a strict diet, trying to lose weight, can lead to binge eating by just increasing the likelihood of food cravings and creating these feelings of deprivation. If you've been restricting your food intake for a period of time, you are much more likely to engage in binge eating behavior when you finally allow yourself that forbidden food or when you, you know, are presented with that food and you just can't keep it in anymore. It increases cravings. When you restrict certain foods or you cut back on calories or whatever else it is, your body responds by increasing cravings for those foods. This is a natural response to the perceived threat of starvation and it can be difficult to resist these cravings because it makes your body really, really want it. And over time, these cravings can become stronger and more difficult to ignore. The effect of under eating on our body is actually really powerful. When our body is underfed, it sends out loud signals in the form of intense hunger cues. And every single client I have worked with who experiences binge eating often has a long dieting history or a long history of trying to lose weight or just having a dysfunctional relationship with food. The brain has experienced the trauma of starving and malnutrition, so it's much more reactive and protective when restriction arises. Something as simple as skipping a meal or under eating at a meal can make you more vulnerable to binging. And in a way, it's kind of a beautiful thing that your body is trying to protect you so hard from starving, but I know that it doesn't always feel that way after a binge. Dieting and restrictive eating can also trigger biological responses in the body that can contribute to binge eating. When you cut back on calories or when you skip meals, your body can respond by slowing down your metabolism, increasing your hunger hormones, and this can make it more difficult to stick to your diet and can lead to overeating and binge eating. It's important to note again, my disclaimer that dieting and restrictive eating does not always lead to binge eating and individuals may have different triggers or risk factors for developing these behaviors, but it's certainly one that I see a lot in my practice and one that my clients experience a lot. The next factor we're gonna move into is body image issues and how that leads to binge eating. So people who experience binge eating are much more likely to judge their self-worth mainly or even exclusively in terms of their shape, their weight, and their control, as opposed to evaluating themselves on their perceived performance in other areas of their life, like relationships or work or hobbies or friendships or parenting. Feeling negatively about your body can cause shame, embarrassment, inadequacy, self-consciousness, which is hard to manage. It's a lot because you have to live in your body all the time and it may trigger binge eating again as a way of coping with these feelings and providing a temporary boost to self-esteem by just providing a sense of control as well as a sense of satisfaction. Feeling negatively about your body as well in today's society is typically solved by dieting, right? That is shown to be the fix by the mainstream media. And as we talked about before, dieting increases the risk of binge eating. And this is why it's so, so important to address body image in your food freedom journey and work towards a place of neutrality with your body and find more confidence through acceptance with where you're at. Confidence doesn't need to be so wholly based on losing weight. The main reason you feel confident when you lose weight is one, because of the validation you get, and two, you've moved further away from a version of yourself you've deemed unacceptable. And honestly, I mean, maybe you're engaging in some healthy behaviors too, and that can also make you feel good, which can provide confidence. 
but if you can work towards a place of accepting where you're at, you can build confidence through that without needing to rely on your body looking a certain way and going through damaging behaviors in order to get there. Your body is going to change throughout your life, so if you're placing your body image and how you feel about your body on looking a certain way, that is going to backfire on you for the rest of your life. The next reason that can lead to binge eating is certain personality types. Certain personality types can be more predisposed to binge eating. The likelihood of experiencing disordered eating, it depends on so many factors, but your personality is one of them. Perfectionism, which really is setting irrational high standards for yourself that comes with self-criticism, often harsh self-criticism when you don't meet those standards, is one trait that is particularly a strong risk factor for disordered eating and binge eating. Perfectionists seek the unattainable and they strive to conform to those self-imposed standards or the standards of others that were imposed on them. When it comes to body image, perfectionists are more susceptible to disordered eating because they set these unrealistic standards for themselves to achieve an ideal weight or an ideal physique and criticize themselves when they don't meet these standards. They set really high goals for themselves and then beat themselves up when they can't get there or can't stay there. And what this turns into is a lot of black and white thinking, all or nothing behaviors, and viewing anything less than perfection as a failure. But I would really encourage you, if this is where you're at, to just ask yourself, what does perfect even mean? There's no such thing as perfection. It's an illusion. There's no such thing as an ideal. There is no ideal. There is no perfect relationship, perfect person, perfect life. Perfection is a tool that keeps you feeling like you're failing. And striving for the perfect image, it's often an attempt to gain control. And this sense of control is driven by feeling out of control in other external aspects of your life. And the thing is, the control you seek through diet and exercise can often lead to the opposite, which is being out of control, the binge. People who are more perfectionistic are more likely to strive to meet these body standards that are set by society, by diet culture, and it's driven by this need to gain approval. And so perfectionists might also feel really threatened in situations that bring about comparison, which can end up being any social situation or just being in public with people in general. And because these unrealistic standards cannot be met, People who are more perfectionistic and more geared toward that personality type are more, more likely to experience distress, anxiety, and engage in behaviors like restriction to compensate for their perceived flaws. And that's why it's just so, so important to challenge these deep-seated ideals of beauty and let go of inflexible standards and realize our worth beyond our body so that we can normalize eating behaviors, learn to be more self-compassionate, and show more kindness and less judgment towards ourselves. The second last reason that leads to binge eating, the second last factor is hormonal changes. And there are a couple different hormonal changes that can lead to binge eating, so I'm gonna go through each. The first is changes in hunger hormones. So hormones such as ghrelin and leptin are involved in regulating your hunger and your satiety. When these hormones are disrupted or they're imbalanced, it can lead to increased hunger and a decreased feeling of fullness after eating. This in itself can contribute to binge eating episodes as you might try to satisfy your increased hunger and you can't. Leptin levels, which is your fullness hormone, that also declines during weight loss. But even when weight is not lost, if you're engaging in dieting behaviors and have been for a really long period of time on and off, 
It signals to the hypothalamus in your brain to stimulate eating and reduces how much energy your body is using and promotes weight gain. So that's the first hormonal change that can lead to binge eating. The second is your menstrual cycle. Hormonal changes during your period can also contribute to binge eating in some people. Estrogen levels can impact food cravings and it can increase the risk of binge eating during certain phases of your menstrual cycle around your period. Your body, it also uses more energy before and on your period, which can increase cravings as your body tries to prompt you to eat more food to account for the fact that it's using more energy. But if you're not accounting for this, if you're not giving yourself permission to eat more and increase portions, and if you're resisting those cravings or just the fact that you need to eat more in general, that restriction can also lead to that pendulum swing and into binge eating. PCOS, polycystic ovarian syndrome, is a hormonal disorder that affects women and is characterized by imbalances in hormones such as insulin and testosterone. And these imbalances can lead to increased cravings for carbohydrates and for energy-dense foods and lead to a greater risk of binge eating. And again, if you combine that with the many food rules out there that are honestly unnecessary, there are so many food rules out there for PCOS. There's so much misinformation when it comes to nutrition and PCOS, and so much of it is just unnecessary. And it can really make a person who's dealing with this feel overwhelmed which can lead to more restriction and combine that overwhelm with restriction. You have a lack of flexibility in your eating patterns and the risk of binge eating increases exponentially. I see a lot of clients who have PCOS and experience binge eating because not only do they have increased cravings and increased desire for uh, carbohydrate rich foods, but they're also telling themselves they can't have this, they shouldn't have this, that it's going to make them gain weight, it's going to make them more insulin resistant, and you have the perfect storm. Lastly, we have menopause, and hormonal changes during menopause can impact food cravings and eating behaviors because during menopause, there is a decreased level of estrogen as well as progesterone, and that can lead to increased hunger and a greater desire for high fat and high sugar foods, which in itself can contribute to overeating and binge eating. But again, If you have that dietary restraint, if you have that restrictive mindset around food, that is going to take whatever is happening to your body and blow it out of proportion and make that pendulum just swing way farther over to the overeating and binge side than it needs to. The final factor I'm going to go through that leads to binge eating is neurotransmitter imbalances. ADHD has been shown to be caused by an imbalance in brain chemistry, and more specifically, the neurotransmitters norepinephrine and dopamine may be lower in the brains of people who are living with ADHD. And so research shows a connection between ADHD and overeating in children as well as adults, and this is attributed to a lack of impulse control and poor planning skills, which can lead to irregular eating habits and impulsive food choices. Although too much norepinephrine can lead to anxiety, too little can cause problems with concentration and learning. And so those with a deficiency in norepinephrine have trouble blocking out distractions and organizing their lives. And so when it comes to food behaviors, that can just lead to disorganized behaviors. It can lead to not planning for food intake, missing meals, which of course, as we know, increases hunger and leads to the likelihood that a binge is going to happen. 
In addition to that, dopamine, it's essential for controlling impulses and enabling a person to just sit still and wait. And so people lacking dopamine can act impulsively, blurt out opinions, burst out in anger, later feel regret. And since dopamine plays a key role in our body's reward circuit, low dopamine intensifies the urge to overeat, also to abuse substances and engage in other risk-taking behaviors to achieve that same reward that others get from less harmful behaviors. So in other words, people whose brains are low in dopamine often self-medicate with high caloric foods just because of its ability to activate dopamine in the common reward pathway. Like those with disordered eating, I mean, people with ADHD, they often deal with boredom, stress, and intense feelings by overeating in order to soothe themselves. However, those with ADHD may be likely to forget to eat and binge later, as I mentioned before. They might have trouble planning and shopping ahead, have a hard time judging portion sizes accurately, which can result in a lot of spur of the moment and uncontrolled eating, as well as an inability to stop binge eating. And in some cases, it's even a bit of a chicken and egg situation, right? Is ADHD the switch that turns on disordered eating or does this disordered eating leave the brain undernourished so it can't function optimally? This definitely varies depending on the individual person and regardless of the order of the onset, the presence of both disordered eating and a mental neurodivergency means that the effective treatment for the disordered eating must address both conditions. And this doesn't necessarily mean that medication is the only option, but it can help. Regardless, learning tools for self-regulation in both life and food is necessary to help somebody with ADHD overcome binge eating. To wrap it all up, binge eating is so complex. I talked about a lot of factors today, but there are more than I just mentioned in this episode. It's influenced by so many factors and it affects people of all ages, all genders, all ethnicities, and it's on it's the most common eating disorder in the United States. Genetics, environmental factors, dieting, body image issues, personality type, hormonal changes, neurotransmitter imbalances can all contribute to the development of binge eating. And while these factors may all increase the risk of binge eating, it's important to note that not everybody who experiences them are going to develop the condition. And if it's happening to you, if this is going on in your life, if you're binging or if you have binge eating disorder or you think you might, willpower is not the key to overcoming binge eating. If you just try harder, work smarter, stuck to your guns more, This idea that you would never binge again is false. You could push off the urge to binge and if you just do it for long enough, eventually you won't ever binge again. That is not true. That's not how it works. Your relationship with food is how it is for a reason. Binge eating does not just fall into your life one day from the sky. There are likely multiple reasons why you struggle with binge eating. But regardless, it's in your life for a reason and it can't just go away if you try harder or have more willpower. And let's be real here, you do have willpower. You have tried to stop binge eating. I know you have, you know you have. You're not failing because you've tried everything to stop binging, you're just stuck. And so seeking professional help from a registered dietitian like myself or from another mental health professional can be so helpful in helping you understand and manage the underlying causes of your binge eating. If you feel like I'm the person who can support you, do not hesitate to reach out and ask any questions you might have. You can also find out more information about working with me at brittanyallisonrd.com coaching. 
And as always, as we wrap up this episode, it is so appreciated if you could leave a rating for the podcast if you're listening on Spotify or Apple and a review if you are just on Apple. It helps more than you know and helps spread the word so this show can help more people who really need it. That's all I have for today. See you next week and thank you for being here.